welcome to the Echo Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. So Lee and Justin, yesterday, they were like, we're doing the table, 2023. So we have our table, Psalm 23. Oh, I just figured that out. Psalm 23, 2023. Hey, I'm sharp. I did fly across the planet, so give me a little mercy. Uh, so today I want to talk about farm to table. You know, in America, we have restaurants that are just garbage, and then you have farm-to-table restaurants where you know where the restaurant's getting their food. You know how they grew it. You know, you know, it's, it's way more healthier, usually more expensive as well, but far more healthier. If you go to a farm-to-table restaurant, your meal is going to be way better, more expensive, higher quality, incredible food. It's going to be awesome. So, like... In, in America, farm-to-table restaurants are where you want to go. You can trust them a little more. <laughs> you can trust them a lot more. In America, you can trust a farm-to-table restaurant far more than you can trust just the average restaurant. And so that's what we're going to talk about, farm-to-table. In order to get farm-to-table, you've got to plant seeds, right? You've got to start with the ground. You've got to plant seeds. And so I want to look to today at Mark chapter 4, verse 13. Kind of a crazy verse. There's a lot of crazy verses in the Bible. This is a really crazy one. Here's what it says. It says, Jesus said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? Why is that a crazy verse? Because he's basically saying, If you don't get what I'm telling you right now, you will not understand anything else I'm trying to tell you. Parabolically. Right? Jesus told a lot of parables. The kingdom of heaven is like. He just told parables over and over. Here's what the Father's like. Here's what the kingdom's like. Here's what his world is like. All, like, he's parable, 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 parable. But here he goes, if you don't get this one, you're not going to get any of them. That's why it's kind of a crazy verse, kind of an important verse. It's the story, it's the parable of the sower, where the sower goes out to sow and he plants seeds. He doesn't plant them, he just sows them. He's like chucking them out all over. Here's some seeds, here's some seeds, here's some seeds. And the seeds land on four different types of soil. You remember that story? Yeah, you guys good? Okay. Here's what he said in the next verse. The sower sows the word. So seeds are the word. And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. And they have no root in themselves and so endure only for a time. Afterwards, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Now these are the ones sown among thorns. And the cares, oh, they are the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things entering in choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. But these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word, accept it and bear fruit, some 30 fold, some 60 and some 100. I want us to understand something in the word of God. When God speaks, when God says something, the seed has everything in it to grow what God wants to grow. It's never a question 
of the seed. It's always a question of the type of soil it falls on. When God speaks something to us, it has the potential to grow. Now, you got to understand something about seeds. I don't know how you guys do it here, but in America, we are so disconnected from nature. It's not healthy, I don't think. I think it's actually really healthy to be connected to nature, to be connected to seeds, to be connected to animals. I think it's really healthy for, for humanity to be connected to nature. I just, that's my personal opinion. But we're so disconnected that a lot of times people don't understand this. What we need to know about sowing and reaping is you only reap what you sow in kind. You never, ever reap what you sow in quantity. What do I mean? If you plant an apple seed, you do not get one apple. You get an apple tree. It might take a while, but you get an apple tree. And the apple tree gives you apples after apples after apples after apples. You reap what you sowed in kind. You plant an apple seed. You're not going to get oranges. You're only going to get an apple tree. You're not going to get eggplant. You're not going to get squash. You're not going to get pears. You're going to get an apple tree. I know, simple. I'm a children's pastor. I like to keep things simple. Sometimes it's important to just make sure things are simple. If you plant an apple seed, you get an apple tree. But you never reap what you sow in amount, in quantity. Never. Ever. You plant one seed and you get fruit for years and years and years to come. And every time the season comes back around, more apples. And the more you pick them, the more they grow. Are you with me? You guys are like really quiet. Here's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, hey, the word, the word can grow whatever I talk about. When I talk, that can grow in our lives. What soil do you have? I'll just be honest and vulnerable with you. I've been all those soils. I've had God speak to me and the devil just comes and goes, goodbye. Right? And you're like, where'd that thing go? I can remember it, but I can't see it active in my life. I can repeat it, but it's not growing. Then I've had the thorns come up and like choke stuff out. Like, man, that was growing. Where'd it go? I've had that. I don't know about you. I've had that. I've had the other ones too where it's like, oh, my soil's so stony. It started to grow and then just couldn't hang with life. I've also been the other kind of soil where God speaks and it's like, ta-da. Anybody else? You guys like, yeah, I've had all four. I've had, I've totally been all four. Totally. But this is, this is where the table begins, right? Farm to table. If we want to sit down and eat at the table, it starts with what are we growing? Or what has he grown? Because the beautiful thing about the table is we can go to this table and we can go, you know what? Jesus actually is the one that prepares the table before me in the presence of my enemies. And I actually get to go eat 
what he's grown, even if maybe I haven't grown so much. You know what I mean? Like, all right, Lord, I've been all four kinds of soil. I'm not really growing this. And you can go sit down at his table and he can go, you know what? Let me just feed you what I've grown. Let me feed you from my soil. Let me feed you from what I've done. And now we get to enjoy what he's done, not just enjoy what we've grown. Does that make sense? I love that. I love that. It's like, you know what? We're not just stuck with what we're capable of or what, how we manage things or how we handle things. We can go sit down at any time and go, wow, I can partake from what you've worked for, what you've grown, what you've sown and reaped and planted and all of that. Does that make sense? So good. Um, but I do think this is also important. What are we growing? How's my soil? How's my heart? Am I growing what he's spoken? It's just good questions to ask ourselves. Hey, Seth, you growing what he spoke? You know? So I'll tell you a really fun story. I got a couple fun stories, and then we're going to do something. Uh, but... My son is a gymnast. I think I told you that before. Maybe you would know. I think I told you. My son's a gymnast. We stuck him in gymnastics at like two or three years old. You know, he's just doing somersaults, four rolls. He's just learning how to roll. Well, by the time this kid was four years old, the, his coach comes to us and goes, I know your son is only four, but in men's college, in college, there's a certain amount of scholarships for men's gymnastics, and not very many men go long enough to get a scholarship. And they're like, your son is really good, and he could probably get a college scholarship to go to any college he wants doing gymnastics. And I'm like, he's four. <laughs> You're talking like a long time from now. The kid is four, but they could see it on his life. They're like, this guy is good. He's just built for gymnastics. I'm not very tall. I'm not very heavy. But we have, we're strong, so like he doesn't weigh anything. The guy weighs like 30 pounds less than all the other kids around him, but he's pure muscle, and he goes and does, he can, he can move that body like you wouldn't believe. But anyway, not too long ago, he was in, he, he's been in competition season over the last few months, and not too long ago, we had a competition for Austin, Texas. We live by Austin. So he competes against all the other gymnasts in Austin, the men's gym, gymnasts. And so he goes to this competition, and he, he comes out first place overall, like just dominates everyone. I'm like, wow, son. And he doesn't put it together. He's not super competitive. He's not like aggressive. He just goes and, and does his routine and goes about his merry way. He's not thinking like, Dude, I just dominated everybody in the city. So, so I go, son, you're the best gymnast in our whole city. In Austin, Texas, you're the best gymnast for your age, for your um, level. And he's like, oh, okay, I am. He's not, he doesn't really, it's not a big deal. And I started to notice like, oh, he, he doesn't care about this the same way I do. I'm very competitive most of the time. So like, I just want to, I want to win, right? And so then he goes to the state competition. And the state competition is all these gyms in Texas. And there's this one gym in Dallas. Oh, my gosh. They are like robots. They come in. Uh, 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 uh. Everything they do, every, every time they sit, every time they walk, everything they do, you're like, wow, you are like perfect. Your, your form is perfect. You're like, Dum, Dum. Does that, you know what I'm saying? Like, right, you see those 
professional athletes that just move like a professional athlete even when they're just walking. So these guys are so good. I'm like, oh, man, that gym is here. These guys are here. These Texas. There's a gym in Houston and a gym in Dallas that are just crazy. And he's the only one that can actually, like, get in there with them. It's always like that gym, that gym, that gym, that gym. And then August, my son, is in there. So he's in, in the Texas State um, competition, and he's there doing his thing. And he just has a really, really great day. And he gets second place overall. And so he's best in Austin, first overall in Austin, second place overall in Texas. I'm like, son. So I realize I'm going, you know what? Next is regionals. That's the last competition. It just happened to be today. Like he just had it today. Like I woke up and found out how he did. But he just competed against all the gyms in Louisiana, Arkansas, Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas, and Missouri. So six states in America, all the best gymnasts who qualified to go to regionals, now he's got to go up against them. So a few weeks ago, I was like, hey, buddy, son, my boy, best in Austin, second place in Texas, second best in Texas. I'm like, son, what if you win regionals? What if you beat everyone? And he's like, dad, dad, last year I was sixth in regional. So last year he got sixth place against these gyms. Like, dad, last year I was sixth. I said, yeah, but you're second in Texas right now. You just got second place. And he's like, dad, that kid's going to be there. The kid that beat me is going to be there. I'm like, son, what if he has a bad day and you have a great day? You know what I'm doing? I'm just planting seeds in this kid's heart. I'm just planting. His dad is planting seeds. His dad is speaking words, seeing where they're going to land. His dad's just telling him, hey, what if? What if you beat them? What if you come out first place? He's like, dad. And I'm going, son. We need to tend this soil a little bit because you're over here trying to let the devil take my seeds. I'm trying to grow something. I'm trying to grow something in your heart. And you're over here like blocking my seeds. You're not even letting the devil take them. You're just blocking them like, like ninja my seeds. Like, son. And so we'd be driving, listening to a song, and I'd like make up a song that went with the, with the tune. And like, I don't remember one off the top of my head. But I'm just always messing with him in a good way. I'm his dad, so I'm like, first place overall in the whole region. Like, I just mess with him. I just, I'm just throwing my seeds, seeing what's going to happen. And he just would push back and resist a lot. He just resists me. I don't know what it was. I don't know if he was afraid to get his hopes up and then be disappointed. I don't know if he even thought he was capable. You know, like maybe he's just thinking like, there's no way I can't do that. I'm just going to go compete and see what happens. So maybe he's not confident in his ability. Maybe he's afraid to get disappointed. Whatever's going on, whatever's happening, he doesn't want to receive my seed. He doesn't want to receive my words, and he's just resisting. And then his sister, who's here, she's over at Kids Church, so you haven't seen her yet. But she'd be like, Dad, leave him alone. I'm like, no, what is your guy's deal? Your dad is trying to grow something here. Not mean. I'm mean. Sorry, that felt mean. 
your dad is trying to grow something and you guys don't even want me to talk about it. Fine, I'm your dad. I'm going to talk about it even more. You know how dads are, right? Like you tell me not to mess with you, I'm going to mess with you even more. All the dads are like, yeah, got ya. So I just, I would just keep bringing it up. We're driving down the road. I'd be like, you know, what if you get first place? What if you beat him? What if that kid has a bad day? We know his name and everything. My dad's like, dad, what is wrong with you? You know his name. I'm like, yeah, that's your guy. You got to beat him. He's like, I'm not going to beat him. And so I've just been planting my seeds, planting my seeds, planting my seeds, planting them, planting them, planting them, over and over and over for the last like month and a half or something. And so Brooklyn and I are coming here and they all went to Louisiana yesterday to compete. And so this morning in Louisiana, he competed. And so today I wake up at three in the morning because I had to go to the bathroom and I'm like, Lord, please don't let me stay awake. I need to fall back asleep. I cannot do this three in the morning, Australia time. I need to go back to sleep. Help me. And so it's three in the morning and I'm like, let me just check and see what happened. And I have all these videos. My wife sent me all these videos. And so first competition or like, you know, he has the floor and boom, he nailed it. Then he has the high bar when he's like swinging all around, flipping off, landing. And I'm like, oh, he's killing it. And then he has the little um, palm horse where he like, you know, where they like spin their body and he like flips his legs way up and he, he kills it. And then he has the rings and this guy on the rings. Oh my gosh. Have you ever seen those guys on the rings, like in the Olympics where they can do the iron cross? My son can't do an iron cross, but he can go into a... He can like and go into a handstand on the rings. You know, they're like, they're wobbly. They're not, you're not doing a handstand on the ground. You're doing a handstand on these wobbly rings. And this kid will just lift himself up into a handstand. And I'm like, what in the world? This guy, I'm so impressed with him. And then he does his uh, vault where he has to like do the flip off the vault. Then he does, does the P bars, does those two bars. Are you guys tracking with me? Sorry. I'm like, I'm a proud dad right now thinking about my son doing his competition where they jump up and they have the, the two bars that go across and they like, dude, he can like flip right up into a handstand and then come back down and he's like holding it. And I'm like, oh man, I would break if I tried that. That hurt. Just doing that hurt me. And so I'm watching him and then at the bottom of all these videos, my wife says, he took first place overall. And I'm going... I'm going, my seed grew. I've been planting seeds. I didn't know that soil was taking those seeds when it looked like it, they weren't. It looked like those seeds weren't going to grow anything. It looked like somebody was going to take those seeds, steal those seeds, choke those seeds, remove those seeds. It looked like he was trying to block my seeds. And the whole time, I couldn't tell, but the whole time, those seeds were going in and starting to grow. And guess what? That kid had a bad, that one kid had a bad day. I was like, dude, did I prophesy this directly? Or was that, man, that's the word of the Lord. Your dad, you better listen to your dad, young man. I'm giving you the pro prophecy over your life. This kid, the one kid, I said, what happened to that kid? Because I FaceTimed him this morning, like six in the morning, I FaceTimed. Like, I don't know. I didn't even see him. He didn't even place he was, they gave out the top eight and that kid that beat him before in Texas wasn't even in the top eight. And I, so I talked to my wife. She's like, I think he fell. I think he like slipped and fell. Not, I'm not, yeah, sad. It's sad for that kid. But 
in gymnastics, one slip, you're done. You know what I mean? Like you can't, you can't afford that, not in the regional. You can afford that in your town. You can't afford that in the region. And I think he just had one slip and he lost a bunch of deductions. And it just, all of a sudden, my kid is first place overall in six states across America. And I'm like, come on. So you're getting to enjoy my proud dad moment. I'm so happy. I'm so pumped. But here's, here's what I realized. His heart was convinced that seed could not grow. His heart was convinced he couldn't win. I mean, he's resisting me at every turn. Never once did he go, yeah, maybe I could win. He was absolutely convinced that what his dad had been speaking into him could not happen. But then it happened. Because the seed has everything it needs to grow whatever's been said. And even if the soil's like, yeah, I don't know if I can do this. The seed can somehow get in there and partner and grow. And I'm over here farm to table. I'm over here enjoying this amazing meal from the seeds I've been planting. I planted seeds, they grew, and now I'm like, my son killed it, dominated. He was totally convinced, but I kept planting, I kept watering, I kept asking him questions. You know, I'd just ask him, like, what if it's just your day? What if you have the best competition you've ever had, and he has just a rough day? What if all the kids have a rough day, and you just happen to have the best day? All I'm doing is going, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if? You know, what if in the kingdom is one of the most powerful Two words you could ever entertain. Why is that? Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith is the substance, the actual substance, the thing. Faith is the substance of the things that we hope for. And what if is either a hope question or a hopeless question. Just depends on what you stick behind it. Right? So, you know, if hope in the kingdom is the confident expectation of good things from God, then hopelessness could be defined as the confident expectation of bad things from the world or the enemy or the devil or bad things. Some people even confident expectation of bad things from God or maybe not even confident, maybe just uncertain expectations that bad things are going to happen, right? It's hopeless. So whatever you stick on the back of your what if decides if you're living in hope or if you're living in hopelessness. Are you with me? So I'm talking to my son. What if he has a bad day? What if something good happens to you? What if you have the best day you've ever had? What if you get on those bars and just land it? 
nail it, stick it. What if you get on the P-bars and everything is flawless? What if you get on the rings and your handstand is just perfectly there? I would totally show you videos and brag, but we don't have that much time. <laughs> what if, what if you just have a great day? What if you have a lot of fun and it makes you perform better? What if you just enjoy yourself? What if you and mom go there and everything just goes well? What if your body is just perfectly sinking everything that day? What if that one kid has a bad day and you have your best? What if you win first place? What if you dominate overall? You know what I'm doing? I'm trying to see if there's hope that will, that will invite the substance. Sometimes I like to think of hope like a helicopter pad, you know, like the top of those buildings with the H and the helicopter pad. I'm like the helicopter flies around looking for the helicopter pad. And you got that big H sitting there going, helicopter, come land here. I think faith is like a helicopter and hope is like the pad. And the pad is like, faith, just come land. Substance, come land. Come here. Here I am, come and land. And I think faith is looking, faith is like roaming around. Where can I land? Where can I land? Who's putting good things on the back of their what if? Who is it? Who is it? Where are they? Where's my helicopter pad? Where am I going to land? Where am I going to rest? Where am I going to settle? Where am I going to sit? Who's been sticking good things on the back of their what if? Because that's the pad that the helicopter of faith can land on. Are you with me? Because at some point, at some point when you hope enough, at some point the what if has to drop off. And instead of what if you have your best competition, it just becomes you have your best competition. What if he has a bad day becomes he has a bad day. What if you have the best meat of your life just turns into you had the best meat of your life. Are you guys here? I'm sitting down at the table right now eating what I grew because of what I said. How many of you know I'm not just talking about this dad talking to his kid about what could possibly happen in his life? There's another dad talking to his other kids trying to see if they'll just take the seed. Trying to see if they'll entertain his what if. There's a dad looking around going, who's going to entertain me? Who's going to entertain my words? Who's going to take my words? Who's going to grab my words? Who's going to just say, oh, you know what? I'll put that in here. It may sound like a far-fetched possibility, like that could never happen. It may sound like that could never happen. But that word carries with it the very everything it needs to actually grow what it's talking about. Come on, I'm preaching good. <laughs> Seth, you listening to yourself? Yes, yes, I'm listening. This is a powerful story. I'm kind of rocked. I was like, wow, I woke up at three in the morning. I'm like, wow, my seed grew. My seed grew, and now I'm eating it. I'm sitting at the table eating that seed, and I didn't know my son was going to grow. He didn't know he was going to grow. 
He had no idea that that could even happen. He was convinced it wouldn't. I love that. I love that we could be absolutely convinced it would never happen and then it happens. You're like, oh, wake up call. You know, it's kind of like Thomas. I've been getting rocked by the story of Thomas. You remember the story of Thomas? We call him Doubting Thomas. I don't think Jesus called him that. I don't think Jesus would have ever said that about him. He did say, Thomas, hey, don't doubt anymore. But I don't think Jesus just labeled him Doubting Thomas. Here's what's so crazy to me in that story. The, the disciples were like, dude, we saw him. He's alive. We saw him. And Thomas was like, unless I put my hand in his side and my fingers in his hands in that hole, I will not believe. Right? And then Jesus shows up, walks right through the wall and goes right up to Thomas and goes, put your hand here. Put your finger. <laughs> Jesus treated what we call doubt as if it was a prayer of faith. Thomas is like, I'm not going to believe I will not believe unless I see it. And Jesus is like, he's praying in faith. Let me go answer that prayer. Jesus is like, I will answer your doubt as if it was a prayer. I will answer that thing. And Thomas is like, oh, my Lord and my God, he's ruined. He's totally ruined. He's like, I never thought I didn't believe. And you still came. So I don't even know. I feel like I feel like I'm a little bit all over the place right now because I'm kind of like, hey, I think sometimes we're so busy trying to figure out how to have faith rather than just go, you know what? What if? What if we get to just sit down and eat something he grew? What if we don't we're convinced that we can't grow what he's saying he wants to grow in us and it still grows anyway? What if we're better soil than we thought? It's interesting. Now, we were driving here in the car, and I just, you know, I like to pay attention just to things when I go to a country or a city or whatever. I like to just look around and see what I see and pay attention. And we left where we were, and we get on the road, and we're only on the road like two minutes, and I see this sign. It says, Super Soil. I don't even know what it is. It's probably some company that makes soil that you can buy and plant it's garden supplies, but this garden supply said super soil. And I was like, oh, super soil. This thing can grow whatever God says, whatever God plants. Even if you're convinced he can't, it can. Even if you're convinced you can't. Even if you're convinced, man, I got that Satan flying around trying to grab my seed. I got thorns growing up trying to choke that seed. I got stones laying there trying to block the roots from going deep. And he's like, yeah, super soil. I'm just going to keep planting. I'm just going to keep watering. And all you do is entertain it a tiny bit and see what happens. I love Psalm 23. I think it's verse 5. I love it. Years ago, I was, I was thinking about this verse and just the whole, like, the Lord prepares a table before you in the presence of your enemies. You know, and I'm just getting wrecked. Like, wow. That means every time the enemy shows up, there's a table somewhere. I just got to look for it. 
Every time the enemy is trying to start a fight, there's a meal prepared somewhere for me. I just probably got to get my eyes off the enemy and turn around. Stop looking at him and look at, find the table, find the meal. Maybe I don't need to get my sword out so much. Maybe I need to get my fork out. Maybe my, maybe my greatest, maybe my greatest weapon is to just grab the chair and sit down and rest and drink some living water and a little new wine and get my, my honey on my living bread and smear it on and eat it and then eat some lamb. Just eat some lamb and then finish it off with some fruit of the spirit. And just eat the meal. Like, shut up, enemy. I'm not even going to give you my attention. I'm so busy looking at what's at the table and enjoying what's at the table and partaking of what's at the table. I'm not even going to give you my attention anymore. You know the devil just wants attention. I don't know if you paid attention during COVID, but fear really wants attention. The enemy loves to operate from fear. Why? Because fear is faith in his kingdom. So he wants to broadcast fear all across countries and all across cities and all across the planet all at the same time. And he wants everybody to partner with fear. So then he can do what he wants. He requires partnership. And God desires partnership. And the enemy loves attention. And so when we sit at the table and refuse to give it to him, oh man, you're winning. It's cool. I used to um, have an old course. Now it's a new course. But I had this old course where I, I would take a plate and I taught parents to take a paper plate and write all your stories, your God stories, your testimonies on it. Just write all the testimonies that you can remember. This one time we didn't have money and God gave us money. This one time we, our car broke down and someone bought us a car or paid for our tire or whatever it is. Like just take whatever stories you have and write them on a paper plate and set them down at the table and read them with your kids as a prophetic picture that the stories that have happened through to us as parents actually nourish and feed our kids right so I love it like this the whole table thing is really special to my heart I love it I'm like oh man whenever we whenever we share testimonies whenever we share stories they have the potential to nourish other people they also have the potential to plant seeds for other people to grow as well they have potential to nourish you at the table and they have potential to land in your heart and grow more than what you heard I hope that makes sense and so I'm going to tell you a story, another story, a really fun story. And I'm only going to tell you because my friend over here, we were just chatting. She's like, tell me about Arrow. And I don't know if I told you this before. I think I did. But my son, Arrow, who's six years old. So August is the gymnast. He's 10. Brooklyn is the one back here. She's almost 13. And then Arrow's six. He likes soccer. So he's not a gymnast. I mean, he, he's really good with the gymnastics, but he likes soccer better. So he plays soccer. But when he was born... We started to notice at like two, two years old, like he doesn't talk right. Like his words are not 
coming out correctly. They're actually coming out real bad, and he's not talking very much. He's pretty quiet. Like, we could tell that he, he was picking it up inside, but he couldn't get it out. Does that make sense? And so we take him. Well, we had a speech therapist coming to our house, and she's like, you know what? I think maybe he has this thing called apraxia. Like, it's a neurological disorder where he, his brain hears the words, but he can't connect. It doesn't connect neurologically to his mouth. And so he might hear it right, but it comes out wrong, something like that. And so we were, you know, we're, we take the ladies like, I think he might have that. You should take him to a specialist and get him checked out. So we take him to a specialist and she does all these tests. You know, they run him through all their words and sounds and all that stuff. And he's small, so he's like two. And they're going through like, asking him to say certain things and he's trying and she comes out from this test and she tells us she's like yeah he definitely has a proxia whatever you do don't google it I'm like okay now what's interesting is when arrow was first born his name is arrow a-e-r-o so like aeropostle aeroplane aeronautics aerodynamics it's the greek word for of the sky that's what it means arrow and um, so when he was first born, when he was a baby, my dad calls me up and goes, Seth, have you ever heard about the language Aeroese, A-E-R-O-E-S-E? And I said, no, I've never heard about that. What is that? He said, that is the one language every air traffic control on earth uses. So whether you fly from China, if you fly from China, from Hong Kong, Beijing, wherever you fly from China into Australia, the Chinese can understand what the Australian air traffic control is saying. You leave Australia and go to China or Taiwan or Korea, they all speak the same language. So now the Australian pilots can understand the air traffic control in these other countries. You fly to Germany, they can understand. The, the Americans flying into Germany can understand. The Germans flying into American can under, America can understand. Because every single air traffic control on earth speaks one language, Aeroese. Isn't that cool? I was like, that's pretty rad. And so I was outside later that day mowing the grass or something, weed whacking, and the Lord just comes upon me. Like I feel the Lord just on me. And he just starts showing me that Arrow's going to travel and speak to countries. Like something on his life, he's going to speak to cultures, he's going to speak to nations, he's going to travel, he's like, just do what I do. Like he's going to do what I do even more. And I'm just wrecked. I'm wrecked. And that was when he was tiny. And twice I was weed whacking. And the Lord would show up while I'm weed whacking. Like, I have to turn the weed whacker off. I'm just in the glory listening to the Lord tell me about my son and how he's going to travel and speak and be able to communicate to every culture, every language, no matter what. There's something on him that will be able to communicate to everyone, no matter where they're from or what they speak. And I'm like, dude, come on. And then two years later, we get the diagnosis, aproxia, don't Google it. And I'm like, good, I'm not going to Google that stupid thing because I already know what God said. I already have a seed that's been planted in my heart and I'm not going to let anything come in and choke it. I'm not going to let anything come and take it. I'm not going to Google anything to get this word out. I'm just going to water this thing. And go, You know what, Lord, you said, you said he's going to talk to countries, to nations, to cultures. You said it. I'm going to, whatever. I'm going to protect this seed with all my heart. I'm not going to Google it. Then my dad called me. He's like, what's it? 
I said, Dad, he's got something. I, I don't even know the name right now. I don't remember it. And he's like, what's it called? What's it called? I'm like, Dad, no, the doctor told us not to Google it. And you're not going to Google it. I'm not even going to tell you what it is because you're not going to Google it because I don't want you partnering your faith, I mean your fear, with what someone else has said. I don't want you to say, what if he never talks? I want you to say, what if he talks? I want to build that helicopter pad. I want to build this helicopter pad. I don't want to plant that seed. I want to plant this seed. So I'm not going to Google it. You're not. So we didn't tell any of our family. We're like, he's got a neurological condition. We don't remember what it's called exactly. We're not going to Google it. We're just going to believe what God said. We're going to protect that. We're going to tend that. We're going to water that. We're going to guard it with our heart. We don't even know what we're doing. We have no idea what we're doing. We just hope and pray that thing grows. And we'd heard too many stories of like Benny Hinn, Sean Bowles, all these people that couldn't talk when they were kids. And now that's all they do is talk. Are you with me? And so we just protected it. And I went to San Antonio. I was telling them over there. We went to, I went to San Antonio to speak at a church. And I'm there with my friend who's the pastor. And we're sitting around having a coffee in the evening just chatting. And he, tell, he goes, and we had just got the diagnosis like a few months before. So Arrow was full on in speech therapy, a special apraxia speech therapist specialist, like not just a normal speech therapy. Like this lady wrote the book on apraxia. And so he was going to her for a couple months or whatever at this point, And then maybe even longer. And then uh, I'm sitting there with the pastor and he says, yeah, we had this girl. She never put two words together in her whole entire life. Never put two words together ever. And she was with her dad on his lap, sitting in a chair. And we just were like, well, can we pray for her? So my friend just prays for her quickly, just gives her a simple prayer. And the girl jumps off her dad's lap, turns around and goes, Dad, I think I'm going to go play with my friends now. And, and I was like, whoa. So I'm sitting there in San Antonio listening. I hear the story and I'm going, yeah, come on. That's amazing for that family. Wow, that's amazing for that kid. And in my heart, I'm going, that's mine. That's for Arrow. I, I see that seed. I see that seed. I see it. I heard it. That's for us. This is like Saturday night, Friday night. Saturday, we do the conference. Sunday, I do church. And I come home Monday. I'm driving home for like an hour and a half. It's not even far. I drive to my house. I get there in the afternoon. And Lauren says, so we went. We had to go to this other speech therapist who's even like better. I don't know. She's another apraxia therapist. And I took Arrow to her. And she ran all the tests again. And she went through all the sounds. And she ran through all the tests. And she, this is like literally Monday afternoon. And she goes, we just got home. I think I was on the phone. She called me. And she goes, she ran all the tests. And she said, he still needs to work on some of his sounds. But all the apraxia is gone. And I'm like, so I said, I'm, I was like, I think I was on speakerphone driving. I said, Lauren, I have to tell you what just happened. I was literally just with my friend Chuck, and he told me this story, and I was celebrating them and going, that's mine at the same time. And you're telling me two days later before I even get home, it's already happened? It's already happened? 
I was, t- I was telling him, like, Arrow does not shut up anymore. <laughs> Sometimes we have to remind ourselves, like, oh, Lord, we prayed for this. <laughs> this is an answer to our prayer. That seed grew real fast. So I'm just telling you all this because I think it's just, it's good fun in the kingdom. But it's also a lot of power in the kingdom flying around right now. There's a lot of seeds flying around right now. I don't care if you are convinced it can't grow. You might be convinced that could never ever happen. Something like that could never happen. You might be absolutely convinced. Well, guess what? It could still happen. You might barely be giving yourself enough what if to just get a little tiny bit of hope and God's looking going, all right, I can land my helicopter of faith, my substance. You might be like, oh, I'm not good soil. I've been all the other soils my whole entire time and I've heard all these things and nothing's really growing. And God's like, yeah, well, I'm going to call you a super soil today. Or maybe you just flat out doubt. And you're like, no way. No way. And God's like, I'll just treat that like a prayer. I'd just like to show up and answer your doubt like it's a prayer. So I told you all those because I think they can just grow. And, then, and some of you can just eat from what we've grown and what we've experienced. Some of you can just pull up at the table and eat. And some of you can just take some seeds and tend them. Protect them, guard them, water them. And as I wasn't, this was not in my original plan, and we're right on time. Sorry, it's 11.43. I know I'm a little tiny bit behind. We're very close. We're very close. But it was interesting, like, I hope you're okay with this. I'm in, I, we, I had a conversation with you and then I was in worship and I remembered last night at three in the morning when I woke up to go to the bathroom and found out all this good news about my son, I, I woke up from a dream that there was two people trying to have a conversation. They were trying to talk and it was like they were looking at each other talking and all of a sudden the train passed by. And you know when trains pass by, like I used to live in New York. So in New York, you're like hanging out under the ground in the subway talking and then all of a sudden the train comes and you're like you can't you can't talk you can't speak you have to wait for the train to go by before you can talk and I I wake up I didn't tell you this I wake up and I wrote it down at three something in the morning I wrote train passing through waiting to speak like there was somebody waiting to speak because there was a train passing through too much noise too much sound too much vibration too much going on that that we had to wait to speak and so i'm gonna i'm i i know it's sunday morning and you probably don't typically do this but in worship i was getting all these ideas and i was going to try to move the table and then i thought probably shouldn't move the table we'll just leave it over there but i want to see would you guys just go sit over there at the table they have a little girl named zoe like she we were talking about Zoe. I met Zoe. I was giving her high fives. She was like, more. I'm like, all right, give me as many high fives. On the side, down low, up high. Give me some fives. And I, I'm like, man, I, lo- 
my heart just went out to her. And then we had a conversation, and she's like, how's Arrow? I'm like, oh, you don't know the whole story. I'm going to tell the whole story of what happened to Arrow. I'm going to share it. I'm going to plant it. I'm going to throw that seed out. And I was like, then I'm in worship going, I just think they need to come over here and sit. And we just need to come and feed them. We're going to feed this family. What happened? And there's nothing even on the plate. I was going to go get a marker and write on here, but then I decided I probably shouldn't write on here. Those are nice plates. Could I get just, would you go to the keyboard real fast? And could I get a, is there a couple people that just want to come up here and just water this family soil and seeds and just, we're going to just let them feast on that story? And I don't know, Zoe's back there, but she doesn't even have to be here right now. Unless, actually, yeah, could someone go get Zoe and bring her out here? And is there, is there anybody else that, like, you have something like that? Is there anyone else with a neurological thing happening? Not necessarily in a kid, but maybe in a kid or maybe in your own life, some neurological problem, some nerve problem, something. Yeah? Come here. You can come sit here, too. We're going to have Zoe come sit. Just come sit in there. Will you guys pull a chair out for her? God, we... We thank you for this family. Are you too? All right, come grab a hangout at the table. I don't know if there's seats on the side. I hope you're okay with this. I don't, I'm just trying to follow the Lord. I don't even really know what we're doing. I just know, I just know what seeds can do, and I know what, what farm to table can happen here. Lord, we just push. We pull these chairs up and we push them in and we bring this family just into a place of rest. We just put these families, these people who are here for their husbands or here for their kids, we just put them at rest. We just pull up the chair for them to rest. God, we just thank you that you're nourishing them and feeding them things that you've grown, things that they've hoped for, things that they've doubted, things that they've questioned, things that they've struggled with, things that they didn't think could happen, but they hope could happen and they want to happen that they haven't seen happen yet. God, disappointment, all the discouragement, all the frustration, all the challenge, all the tears. God, we just bring it here at the table to a place of rest. Hi, Zoe. Hi. High five. Yes. Will you come sit with mama or daddy? Will you come sit with mommy or daddy? Oops, we lost the earring. We're sitting at the table, girl. Zozo. Zozo. Can I pray for you? Yeah. Can I pray for you? Lord, thank you for rest. That we're not here to strive. We're not here to work. We're here to let the seed do what it does. We're here to reap where you've sown. We're here to reap where we've sown. We're here to reap where other people have sown and we maybe haven't. We're here to reap and feast and eat and be nourished. God, we thank you for this sweet girl. Thank you for these other people. Got nerves stuff happening, neurological stuff happening. Yep, my mom. Lord, we just we just feed them. We feed them those stories. We put those stories right on their plate right now. We put the stories right on their plate. 
Zoe, we pray that what happened to Arrow would happen to you. We pray that you would talk so much, you'd drive everybody crazy. <laughs> we pray that you drive everybody crazy with how much you talk. We bless your nerves, we bless your brain, we bless your, your, your mouth, your tongue. We just release you from any muteness. We release you from any anything that's tried to keep you guys or your husband, whoever it is, the people that we're here for. We just release them and you from those things. We know you've been waiting to talk. Lord, let the train just go by. Thank you. We just say, train, get out of here. In the dream, it was the train was going real fast. If the train's going fast, it doesn't take long before you're no longer waiting to speak. Lord, let the train just go by. Let little Zoe can speak. Bless you, Zoe. Bless this family. Bless this family. Thank you that they are super soil. Just declare you are super soil. Yeah. I know. Yes. Sweet girl. Yes, super soil. Super soil up here. For her, for her, and for this family, super soil. That everything out of line would come into line everything disconnected would connect everything broken would be restored everything damaged would be healed yeah wow I'm just going to let them hang out for a minute sorry to leave you guys alone for so long but can you just can we just put our hands on our hearts for a minute? Let's just pray over ourselves. Let's just say, Jesus, I want to be good soil. I want to be super soil. I want to be a hoper. I want to put good things on the back of my what ifs. I want to let go of any of the negative things I've put on the end of my what ifs. Jesus, we just let go of any discouragement, any disappointment. God, even in the places we've we've doubted, we want you to walk through the wall. We want you to walk in to our doubt and answer it. I want you to find our pad that we've been building and land on it. We want to eat from the table of the table from the farm that you've been growing things and we've been growing things. Lord, we want to feast at your table We're, we're super soil here. 
We're super soil. And we bless that little Zoe. No longer waiting to speak. No longer waiting to speak. Look how cute she is. That girl's awesome. coming over? Yeah, go get Penny. Go get her. Go snuggle. You better watch out. You better watch out. Because she might talk your ears off real soon. I don't know how God does that. I have no idea how he does it, but he does it. Lord, make us super soil. Yeah. Bless this house. Bless this church. Bless all of you. To grow things you didn't think you could grow. To see things you didn't think you could see. To feast on things you didn't think you could. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen.